Welcome to Electronically Yours with Martin Ware. Hi, it's Martin here, Electronically Yours, as always. Well, to celebrate the one millionth stream, which is going to happen around about this week, I thought I needed a special guest, a very special guest, and managed to get one of the original members for 15, more than 15 years of Kraftwerk, Wolfgang Fleur. Uh, Kraftwerk, simply Human League and Heaven 17 would never have existed without Kraftwerk. Uh, we didn't want to be them, but they, their creative attitude and their, and their sound and everything, as we discuss actually in, the, in this um, talk, had such a massive influence on everything that we did. And of course they were like gods to us. So to actually talk to one of the gods in the top table in Asgard is something very special and I'm very proud to present uh, a fascinating talk with both Wolfgang and his um, collaborator Peter Duggle. This is a really special um, talk for me so I hope you enjoy it. Wolfgang Fleur and Peter Duggle. <laughs> Um, tell me how you two met. Yeah, I give this to Peter because he invited me and asked him why. <laughs> yeah. uh, 2015, uh, we invited Wolfgang to play Hebden Bridge Arts Festival. I picked him up from the airport um, and then it was about an hour's drive back to Hebden Bridge. Uh, and we just we just instantly became uh, really good friends. It was like we'd known each other a very, very long time um we hung out most of the evening uh, before and after the show and i dropped wolfgang and zuhal uh back the next morning at the airport and we just stayed in touch and everything everything grew from there really um we exchanged ideas and we just started working together um it was just a very very lovely natural natural thing it's a beautiful love story i think yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> i want to talk to you uh Wolfgang about growing up and how how you know we all tend to think I mean, I'm I'm an enormous Kraftwerk fan as you probably as most people are but um we all tend to think that uh, somehow our our idols just emerge fully formed from from the from the atmosphere and then manifest themselves in front of you because Kraftwerk just seemed to be like something I know you don't want to talk about the past so much, but we need to refer to it. So I just want to know about you growing up and how you became interested in electronic music. Well, the interest came to me. It was not I that I was interested and curious about electronic music, but it overwhelmed me uh, when I was invited by Ralph and Florian to their studio, or to their rehearsal room. It was not really a studio then. They had an, an old uh, brick room, a big one, a huge room, with all uh, uh, instruments lying there, and um, they had just got the first uh, synthesizer, the, the mini Moog, from Connie Planck, who was their co-producer then, in this time, in, in 73, when I met them the first time. So this instrument was pretty new to them, and um, Florian had already bought a an ARP synthesizer, and they showed me uh, in, in, during an invitation to their rehearsal room, because they needed a drama, they wanted to play with me in a um, in, in a TV show, in famous the famous uh, um, 
culture show aspecte in the second German TV program. It's very famous. It's still on. And um, I've seen it, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And um, that was the first time I was um, I, I was uh, touched by electronic sounds, uh, very fat analog sounds. And it, it really, um, uh, yeah, it really made made the made the way into my head into my heart it was overwhelming these fat sounds you know uh, with the big speakers and, and uh, amplified and yeah i think it was a very very sudden thing to me that i thought wow never heard so. of course we knew organs you know they had also a philly for philly quarter or and, um, not philly quarter a um, fafisa organ and a hammond organ and that was the original things what papa said in their living room or uh, uh, the music players in in, in the coffee uh, for dancing in the afternoon and anyway um that was the first time i was involved and their music what they already did was uh, still called elect, uh, experimental music, and that was not really arousing my 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 nerves. But uh, the sound, the sound of that, that was interesting, and it took some time uh, that I was always um, touched by their music because it was something completely new to me. It was not that pop music what I what what I was playing with my bands in amateur time. You know, you can um, maybe um imagine how that uh, how in how what what the big impact that was on me as a young man you know i think um i had a similar experience to you it was actually when i first heard trans europe express i mean i i collected um Kraftwerk records in the days when uh florian had long hair i think <laughs> And uh, and it was kind of hippie. Ralph, Ralph, Ralph had long hair. Florian had never long hair, but Ralph, oh, no, sorry, not Florian. Yes, he had. He had. Florian had always uh, a little hair. Oh, right. He lost some pretty early. Uh, anyway, Ralph had long hair. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I, uh, uh, when Trans Europe Express came out, my friends in Cabaret Voltaire were holding a garden party, and they'd hired a, a, a proper PA rig. And it's the first time that I'd heard Kraftwerk and the drums coming through a giant rig. Oh, for me, a giant rig at the time. And I had an epiphanal moment thinking, I, you know, I want to do this. It was so thrilling to me, those analog sounds, the everything about it was uh, embodied the future for me. I mean, is that how you felt about it? Not really. I, I didn't think about the mu uh, my musical future. You know, I, I was not sure in that moment in in in, in these years um, if I want to be if I should be on a professional musician. You know, I was um, still on my um, architecture uh, studies. You know, and I worked in an architect atelier in the afternoon to be trained and. Uh, with, with this uh, architect man who liked me very much and said, I'm very talented and this is your future, Wolfgang. And, and I, th I thought, really, I want to be an architect, and an interior designer. And um, he had a very good um, a very good atelier and he, um, he taught me like I was his son, you know. He had no children and he uh, thought, this is my, my fortune, 
meeting this young man. He's so talented. And I had my own atelier and he did everything. And he also uh, gave me uh, my first car for nothing, you know. <laughs> used one, you know, that I'm always in time in the morning because I wanted to sleep a little bit longer. I was not so much in time always. But anyway, um, this should have been my future and always the music was a hobby. And um, it changed very, very fast, this hobby into making only music uh, with the boys, with Ralph and Florian. After this meeting, we rehearsed uh, some tracks for this um, uh, aspect show, Heimatmusik uh, and uh, some others, and Tanzmusik and um, from the first, from the second Kraftwerk album. It was already there. No, it was not uh, already. It was still the album Ralf and Florian. And um, I thought, okay, this is a little bit more kind of pop music structure in them. And then when they were recording Autobahn and I was drumming the, with the self-built uh, electronic trumpet, which I um, which I uh, built together um, myself, but with the idea of Florian and me, that was something new. And we showed it the first time in the German TV. And that made the, it at the, the historical click in my head to say, this is the future of electronic drumming, of, of um, uh, fitting to this kind of music. And I told them not to play, um, ask me with, with the original drum sets there. Uh, it would not fit. It would not look good to synthesizers and to the sound of synthesizers. So this transistorized uh, sounds of this little uh, beatbox, which I found um, in the studio, and we rebuilt that uh, to play it on, on on a pad, you know, with metal plates on, which I which I used with uh, steel needles, like uh, I was um, doing some wool works, you know. Yeah, yeah. And standing up, you know, not sitting on a comfortable chair that was completely new, but this was their thing. They loved it. I loved it. And so the uh, the feeling uh, came more and more together that I wanted it more to play with them. And suddenly we were on Broadway and played Autobahn in the Beacon Theater two years later. Wow. That's amazing. So yeah. the, the drums that you, the drum pads that you designed were... Was that based on the contact of the metal sticks with with the actual pads? It wasn't velocity sensitive, was it? It's just a trigger, right? Yes, it was not comfort. It was not uh, com uh, complicated to do. Just we had to have this uh, this great idea. It was nothing to buy such, such devices in the music shops um, anywhere, and. Um, yeah, it, it came by in a beer because this little uh, this little box had some knobs. On the on the top of it, with the tones uh, separated, so I could push them: bass drum, snare drum, a, a bongo, a cymbal, a crash, bing, boom, 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 chuck. What we played later as uh, <laughs> one of the songs, boom, boom, chuck. So um, then I thought, uh, how could we manage to play that as a, an, a normal drummer with sticks, you know? And so 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 we thought. So Florian was the one. He was uh, very near to me with, with tinkering and uh, um, making things uh, from our own hands, you know. So we did that together. Uh, we brought the idea um, up how to do it, and I made it at least. I was a trained uh, a carpet maker and so a carpenter, and so I, I was trained in, in handicraft 
that was my thing, you know. Right. I did a lot of other things uh, with my talents and that for the band in the following years. Wow. So a bit of a DIY geek. Uh, yeah. I didn't know that this is all new to me. Amazing. Uh, Peter, tell me about your, uh, your, you know, what you what you have done in the past and uh, your opinion on craft work before you you uh, met Wolfgang. Right. Yeah. I mean, I've always been interested in electronic music. I mean, I was born in 72. So um, when I was about I grew up in a place called Handsworth in Birmingham. It's like an inner city part of Birmingham. So um, we moved into this this house and then there was a nice field behind it. And then a uh, few months after we moved in, basically, they uh, they converted this field into a council estate, which is presumably why the people before moved out. <laughs> and uh, But it was great. It was amazing. It was such a vibrant place to live. So I, re I really picked up so many different musical ideas and themes at that time. But the ones that really really blew me away like you were you were saying earlier martin when you first heard trans europe express on a big rig was hearing some of that really early electronic music um some of the early electro records you know really heavy clinical 808s and moog bass lines and arpeggios and that was it you know it was it was it was uh it, 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 i just loved it i loved it when i heard it i mean i loved all kinds of music i grew up in quite a big family so i was exposed to lots of different things but um yeah that had a really profound impact on me and it, and it kind of mirrored the whole thing at the time of you know the whole um people were scared about computers about the nuclear threat it was the thatcher years you know and there were, all these things combined it just provided such a it, to me it was the perfect soundtrack to everything that was going on around me um, and when I was about 16, 17, I, I, I obviously got hold of things like an Atari ST and a Roland D10 and an Akai S900 for all the, the nerds out there. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, it was just affordable and you could you could suddenly do all this in your in your bedroom or, you know, in your house. Um, so I started writing music and then uh, I, I sent some some demo tapes off to a, a label up in Liverpool called Ram, who who just put out voodoo ray by a guy called gerald and they they immediately oh, called yeah, me yeah 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 they put me on a train straight up to liverpool to sign a record deal with them which was great you know i was only 17 and i had a few releases out with them and what you know they did really well on the underground kind of acid house rave scene uh and it was all peculiar you know i was just a good little indian boy who just i never went out i didn't drink i certainly didn't do drugs you know i didn't go to clubs but i was writing this music and i was aware that it was being played in clubs but um you know i never actually went to them and obviously i found out all this recently because with the internet and people tracking you down and everything so yeah that was that was the early early years and then i've just always had a real uh, love affair with music really all kinds of music but um predominantly electronic music because it's something you can do in a solitary way and you know by nature i'm, I'm generally quite solitary so uh it's nice to just shut the door in your studio and just get lost in that in that little world yeah, really i can dig that i think i'll come from the same place um yeah. <clears throat> wolfgang were you aware how funky you were Oh, what, what, what oh, well, I mean, I'm looking at basically how you, yeah. uh, it's a well-known fact that obviously influenced the development of hip-hop. Um, for me, I've always thought that Kraftwerk were a surprisingly funky outfit. Yeah. 
And what was the question to me? I oh, I just want to know if that's how you felt about it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> if you were funky, I don't know. Um, of course, the reaction of the audience were very mixed. You know, some didn't understand our music and some loved it, liked it very much. So it was sometimes we played, we played many gigs before we came to America, some so uh, test gigs in France also and in, um, in German um, universities and in, in small clubs around Dusseldorf and um, in Utrecht, uh, the university. It was mostly it was uh, students, which were uh, our audience, mostly boys and young men, not so much girls were interested in that. But uh, we were interested in girls, so that was the other thing. <laughs> it's always a problem for electronic musicians. I think. We, had, we had to do some 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 tracks uh, to reach girls, so, but that never worked really. <laughs> even <laughs> not Rife's, even not Rife's song. I want to be your sex object, you know. <laughs> and, anyway, that did also not too much. Uh, anyway, um, uh, it it grew, it grew really. So. Um, the interest and um, our feeling that we were something special that grew really, and especially when we were uh, in your country, in England and in America, but all the other outer countries uh, from abroad were more interested as uh, the German scene and the German media. They called us crazy uh, Knöpfchen there, um, not Turner Twister. And um, I think it's anyway all computer and nobody had a computer, you know. So they have a synthesizer and there is a knob and there is a little printed on hit and you just not push that and everything is electronic. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. The German press was pretty nasty to us, I must really tell you. But when we played America in, in, in that theater, I thought it called the Beacon Theater on Broadway, the German press, they uh, um, traveled after us, big ones. The Music Express and the, the teeny magazine Bravo as well made <laughs> headlines afterwards. And they said, we knew our boys oh, in yeah. America. We knew that already. They will become big stars. They have everything foreseen, you know. Success has many friends, as they say. Yeah, correct. Yeah. So, but but it's, it's an old story that many artists, also painters, must uh, be famous uh, at first outside the Germans are not so 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 um, so fast loving their artists you know it's very special that's why I drew uh, my my net my my back to Germany any in in the whole I said to Peter when when I make music or bring something out new it must be in England so I was always an England lover since the Beatles. That was my first band, which I uh, adored and which um, were my heroes, especially the drummer of them. And, What's um, your favorite Beatles album? I, I think it was Rubber Soul. Really? Interesting. Yeah. Very romantic. I'm a romantic, anyway. So <laughs> I'm a romantic. I can hear that getting sampled on a record. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it sounds great. Um, which Kraftwerk album, before we move on to the new stuff and everything futuristic, mm. um, which of the Kraftwerk albums do you feel that you had most input on or influence on? Oh, I'd, I'd say it's, it's, it's most in my heart is, um, is uh, Trans Europe Express. 
I'm so right. it's the most melodic album, and I love the melodies. And the melodies were also something which um, kept me in Kraftwerk because melodies were also already in me before. So these romantic melodies and this mixture of technic compared with romantic, with, with romances, that's where we live, you know. We, we live in a very romantic area. It's, it's not the industrial uh part of the Ruhrgebiet, as some people think. Dusseldorf has a very uh, romantic and very big nature uh, belt and the big uh, river Rhine. And where I was born in Frankfurt and then living uh, in the middle Rhine area in Koblenz, it was only forests in, in the neighborhood and wine hills and <laughs> all these romantic parts of Germany. And as I say in many other interviews, um, the surrounding, the uh, surrounding, um, uh, the neighborhood builds up the artists. So yes. it, oh yeah, it has a big, big, ample, big influence on what every artist is doing. No matter if you are writing, if you are painting, or if you're making music, it has absolutely massive um, influence. So, so in Düsseldorf, uh, this um, city is after it was. Um, broken down completely from the Allies after the war, it has to, had to be built up new. It was one of the most modern cities in Germany, still is. Many big architects made much from steel, aluminum and glass buildings. It is um, uh, one of the biggest uh, cities in North Rhine-Westphalia and the capital city of North Rhine-Westphalia, but it has only left over some older houses from the old architecture. So it's a good mixture of all of that and uh, the nature and the River Rhine um, that 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 made the background of us for making music. It had so much impact. So I cannot tell this often enough um, how um, how much that is, how much impact that is. And um, but you're absolutely correct. Melodies that these melodies that that what I wanted to say. These romantic melodies, especially in France Europe Express. That kept me staying in Kraftwerk. I think you're absolutely correct. I mean, we often get asked in the Human League, because we grew up in Sheffield, a big industrial town, obviously, um, what the influence it had. And, and of course, the hearing the steelworks and the drop forges and all that stuff all the time when we were growing yeah, up. See Birmingham, see Birmingham, we made a, we made a song on Birmingham in homage on Peter's uh, birth town. Uh, it's, it's from the Rust Belt. Uh, one of the biggest uh, steel comes so um, uh, the biggest bands come there make, making loud music because of of these steel factories right. where, where their fathers have worked you know so uh, it, it's, it's a whole genre of, of music has built there I did not know that I thought it is American you know no it no, is no. founded in Birmingham it, that's right you're absolutely right. okay let's move on to um magazine one i'm i'm dodging around the timeline here but that's that's the shit that i do so there you go um let's talk about magazine one which i've been listening to non-stop for the last few days and i'm very very fond of i have to say um it's got a lot of depth as far as i'm concerned and i think you've done a magnificent job um so explain to me the genesis of this album peter probably you can Help. Yeah, Peter, please. Well, I think it was again going back to 
the whole natural organic kind of thing, um, which is a bit of a cliche, but it's true in this instance. I mean, me and me and Wolfgang just we just started working together over a period of two or three years. I mean, and after a while, it became clear that we had basically um, the the bare bones of an album, pretty much, and uh, we had loads of really um, beautiful ideas and and the way we were working, bouncing things back and forth, uh, especially during COVID times as well. Um, it just all seemed to work so well, and we just have this chemistry. So uh, it grew and it grew. We kept working on tracks. I mean, and in the end, we we had a lot of songs, um, too many songs for one record, as it turned out. Um, but I, I mean, that's how it that's how it came about, really. Um, after a while, once we started thinking about it in terms of it being being an album, then obviously, you, you know, the kind of craft and the vision of of the album all comes into it, which again, Wolfgang's um, uh, brilliant at. Um, so uh, it was, it was just very natural. I mean, it took a few years, didn't it, Wolfgang? I mean, we started with, with a couple of tracks. I mean, I started working on a remix for Wolfgang at the very start, just as we were finding our way about how we, we would work with each other. Um, and then just, just ideas, just, we just kept pinging ideas back and forth. It was, you know, it was, very very good times you know and, and it continues to this day oh it's a love affair <laughs> it's a love affair um i just want to go through a couple of the tracks because i mean I, I am in love with this by the way uh, i just think this is such a cool idea i've read it cover to cover i love the idea i feel like stealing the idea to be honest it's such a great concept um very much believe that when you create <clears throat> an album it's really an artistic enterprise which is can have many iterations in different forms you know i've always believed in that um and this is a perfect example of it's like an art concept really isn't it so uh, i love it and i think the honesty of the writing is beautiful and the kind of humanistic aspects totally uh counterbalances the the more um the more technical aspects of the album, uh, but in t in terms of the tracks that I re I I I'm connected with personally more than the more than the others, I'd say say no is just fantastic. I I actually had it on repeat for about an hour. I just think it's a, a thing of beauty, and also it appeals to my personal activist um, leanings, left wing leanings. Um, Tell me about the genesis of that track. Yeah, it was um, an homage to, to one of my most beloved writer, German uh, Wolfgang Borchert, and his tales about war and his own life um, when he was a soldier uh, during the Nazi time. And I have read this book 20, 20 or 30 times. And I mark uh, also book readings from these tales in Germany and churches and schools and in clubs and that works very well so i have seemingly a good talent for book readings chapter readings and um i always had this idea in mind i didn't have the idea how i could manage a, a one of the texts which is touching me most of these there's only one thing to say this is the original uh, title say no uh, to war, anything to war, because I am um, um, 
against wars since my childhood, you know, since I was yeah. a young man, a teenager, when I heard about all the uh, the Nazi things, what they did, and so and so, and read this read this book. So um, the pacifist in me spoke, Wolfgang, you must make a song with one of these lyrics. And um, Peter introduced me to a young man. Uh, he's, he had sent us a little music, a little uh, soundtrack, nothing else, but it was really touching me. He said to people, this could be a good basis uh, for a Wolfgang Borchardt text. And um, the young, the man, is his name, Peter, he was... Uh, James Chapman from from Mass. Yeah, James uh, Chapman sent yeah. us this, and it was it was given from from God to me, and said, "Wow, this <laughs> is it." I had already seen everything what happens in me, so I'm, I'm a little bit a visionary, and I can see foresee what happens if any uh, soundtrack with basis music or a basis uh, beat inside can touch me to an idea. So um, then I, it's a scene for me where I go as an actor inside. So um, maybe you have read my book, I was a robot when I speak about my youth, I wanted always to be an actor. My parents were against that. They wanted to me to have an architect. So I told you that already. So today I am both of it. I mean, every artist who goes on a stage is an actor as well. That's he right. behaves different as uh, afterwards when he cooks for his friends uh, at home or anything like me. I'm a cook as well. Anyway, oh, good man. Um, yeah, so I see in 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 the scene in the scene what happens, and um, yeah, we built that up. And I gave this little track to Peter and said, "Can you can you uh, make something from that uh, when I speak the lyrics?" So the lyric is of that track is very, very long. I had to uh, make my own choices, which are the most important ones, to warn people to do that or that not to do. And uh, this is my wish to younger people to think a little bit more before they go and take a gun or anything into their hand to learn uh, the business of war. And uh, you know what I mean? Oh, um, yeah. This is a, a very, very hard thing to do, to learn which I would never have done. So I was uh, I denied from civil uh, from from, um, from from war work in my country. It was very um, hard to do so in the 60s. So um, I prevented from that and I preferred to make my civil thing in the hospital, which I did half a year longer than to yeah. be a soldier. So yeah. anyway, um, we had um, we, 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 uh, the song proceeded more and more, and I had to include um, a very touching melody. So I developed different melodies, but one one of them was my favorite, but I was uh, a little bit shy to send it over to Peter. I thought it's too kitschy. I thought it's too funny. It, it, it has a happy feel maybe a little bit, but why not complete the, 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 the I mean, it is anyway a bit sad, a, a bit um, melancholic in, in the background. Sad. So it's good, isn't it? it? Is. So we, might, we must have something which pushes that up. It, it must work against that. You must uh, you must have a happiness to say no. You know that's what I wanted to transport that, and that is why I made this this wonderful kitschy melody. Da 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 da. It could be a schlager in another song. You know, uh. <laughs> but Peter said uh, complete different. Peter, what did you have the feeling when you got that melody? Originally, I mean, 
like like you i mean just going back to that song and how it how it evolved um i mean it there were lots of kind of goose pimple moments you know where wolfgang would send me parts and i would think oh wow and it would just floor me and then we'd put it in the track and it would just grow and grow i mean that original when you sent me that original uh melody i i mean we probably didn't agree that that should have got gone in at the start i mean wolfgang but you know i've we have this understanding where we kind of trust each other so and we go with things even though you know you're not always going to 100 percent agree on everything together yeah. and um and uh, otherwise it would be boring you know so i think that kind of uh you know that, that kind of um collaboration and the way the way we work we've just learned to trust and appreciate each other and just sometimes let things uh, wander in so to speak um even though you just have you know some reservations about it but then actually after the fact i mean i i, I mean we're all musicians obviously and sometimes you can get too um focused on a track and you can't stand back from it and listen to it objectively um it's a very difficult thing to do when you're so consumed by it so right. um, you get a bit over precious maybe so I mean, and that's again what Wolfgang's brilliant at is the whole vision and the you know standing above the track and understanding it and appreciating what it needs to really make it happen. So, um, yeah, and I think you know, and now I listen to it and think, brilliant. <laughs> we, why did we ever? Why did I ever doubt it? So, I mean, you know, that but... um, that track in particular, I can completely uh, understand how when you do your DJ sets that. Uh, do you play? Do you play that one out uh, as a track? It just sounds like something that would sound great in a kind of club environment and stuff. Do you ever play that one at all? We did do that twice, didn't we? Wolfgang, say no. Yeah, yeah we did that as an encore, but I stopped doing that in the end. I saw that the people didn't understand. It brought them down after a whole evening with wonderful music because. Um, uh, my my special set is in the end anyway against the war. So uh, we bring very hard uh, movies uh, 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 from that famous uh, Howard Hughes movie, The Hell uh, Hell's Angels. Yeah, I don't know if you know it. Uh, so the Germans uh, fly to England with their with their um, airships, the Zeppelins, and throw bombs in, in England. So we did the. the the Germans already the, the, in the first war tried to uh, destroy right. England, you know. So it's all my grandfather's work and my father's work and all of, all of these things. I must think about that, what we did to England, you know. And that is why we, I showed this film. And then I made my my mimics, my 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 um, my uh, cynical walking with a helmet, with a spiked helmet in the end, I show against war, walking against war, marching against war. So this is um, this is a statement. It's it's not a it's not a gimmick as some people think. Maybe some understand, some don't understand. And um, this is already a hard end of the show. And then returning for an encore with that song is too much. That is right. also not the right stage uh, for such an important thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Want to dancing and drinking alcohols and beer, you know. So oh. um, that is why we stopped bringing that uh, in this scene. It is something to listen uh, at home uh, with your earphones on and or maybe the speakers. 
that you really uh, get into um, in, into the text, into into the the statements, in the meaning in, of it, yeah, into the heart of it. You yeah, know? yeah. So another couple of tracks that I uh, am very well, I'm fond of it all, but um, and I know in your in your magazine that you mentioned that there was it, it caused a little uh, controversy. And some people really like it and some people are not so sure is Night Drive. And I think it's exceptionally good. And I'll tell you why I think it's exceptionally good. There's something about her voice for me as a contrast against the the kind of mechanistic aspects of the track, which really that kind of contrast I find in, incredibly appealing personally. What do you what do you think about that? Which voice do you mean? Uh, Night Drive. Oh, Victoria's voice on Night Drive, yeah. Anushka. Oh, yeah. Anushka, yeah. Anushka. Uh, I heard that voice the first time when I got a soundtrack from Peter's um, friend Max Wheeler. And I thought, who, what is that? Shall we do something with him? So uh, we met him in London and after a show, we made a, a longer interview with us. He's also a music journalist and a very good musician, but I did not know that then. But Peter said he wants to collaborate with us, Wolfgang. Let's give him a chance. And he sent us that little soundtrack where uh, Anushka was in. So Anushka, not Anushka, Victoria was in. said, who is she? And Peter explained to me and said, I must have her. I must have her. Absolutely. I must have her. Yeah, <laughs> I must have her. I fell in <laughs> love with her voice, you know. And um, uh, later on, we met her personally. And of course... Um, we are still absolutely uh, at the moment working with a completely new track with her for the next album. But anyway, this is something something different. But uh, with her having insight and uh, what she told with her band, uh, is, uh, I mean, it's a story about the play, uh, that she didn't believe that she didn't uh, she couldn't imagine uh, traveling at four o'clock in the night. So I thought, yeah, I, yeah. I have also a story when we traveled, but not in, at four o'clock in the night, but uh, we, went, we went to Paris with that wonderful train, the TEE. So I, I tell my story, you tell your story, and uh, it fitted together with something more. It was one of the most complicated song to do something, uh, an arrangement. It lasted very, very long months until we had that uh, format and uh, that result what we have now. It changed so often. Ask Peter. Right, Peter. Yeah, yeah, it did. It, yeah, that one that kind of simmered in the background throughout the whole process of the album. You know, it started, then it stopped, then it started, then it stopped. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it just it eventually got to where it needed to be, um, much like the train and in, in the subjects of the song, I guess. But you know, it was it was one that started very early on, and we kept coming back to. And there were some difficult moments with it, but I think in the end we. We got to a place where where it's like it's there now, you know. It's it's yeah. one of those. It's not one of those ones that 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 was uh, finished and mastered within a week. Put it that way. I like the eccentric structure of it. It's it's like it's unpredictable. I think um, it. Yeah. yeah, that's probably a product of of what I just said, you know, and and revisiting it at various times. So you know, starting it. Um, the episodic nature of it, yeah. Yeah, and then doing parts of it during lockdown when me and Wolfgang weren't even really seeing each other for for a very long time. So, you know, and there's there's all there's all there's all different aspects to it. I think grew into the track over time. So, yeah, cool. And Birmingham, 
featuring the beautiful Claudia Brooken, who's a good friend of mine. I've just done some remixing stuff for her. She's taken part in various things that I've done. So we're really good friends. Um, and your love for Birmingham obviously is connected to, uh, well, Wolfgang is connected to Peter's um, introduction to the whole thing. And I think I find that fascinating because in the in UK terms, Birmingham is often regarded as a bit of a ugly duckling, you know. Uh, I felt that too. I felt that too. The crazy thing is that I loved the city from the very first day when we were there because we were handled so 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 brilliantly and so nice from all the people we had to do with. We played some some smaller clubs there, the Flapper and the uh, um, Orange Blue Orange Theater and another one Peter knows maybe. And uh, anyway, it was Peter's hometown. He introduced me to his family, to his mother. We went to nice restaurants there and had so nice uh, meetings and dates there that I thought it was uh, actually the first song we did together because I heard something of that, of, 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 of his first, it was a, a draft maybe from Peter on, a, um, on, on SoundCloud. I said, what is that? It was already uh, titled Birmingham. He said, yeah, it, it's a song on my on my town. It was no no talk, no uh, no singing, and uh, it had not a pop song structure. But then I said, it has a it has a massive good basis. Let's do a song from it, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, I write some lyrics, and then I learned and learned about Birmingham on the internet and uh, about the Rust Belt and all the industry and all the famous people that came came from there in the machinery and in in in, in the trains building and all the inventive uh, people there since the last two hundred years, and then the rock bands which came from there uh, with this loud music, and I had to. <laughs> I write to text and to include everyone, maybe, and um, where it is located in, in the middle part. Uh, and Anyway, and I asked, now comes a funny story. Okay. Uh, we wanted to have a very good singer. I'm not that good singer, you know. I was not trained. I, become, I became better during the last years, but not then. And I didn't want to sing it. And we asked different persons, and I'm friendly with, uh, Ian, with Andy McCluskey, and I asked him as well, and he said, no, I couldn't do that, Wolfgang. Why are, are you asking? I'm a Liverpooler. I, I cannot sing a song about Birmingham. <laughs> he was really a, a little bit, I think, pissed off that I asked him <laughs> such a thing. It is like between Dusseldorf and Cologne. Both cities cannot stand each other because Dusseldorf is a smaller city but elegant and rich and became the capital city of North Rhine-Westphalia. Why? From a, an English general who uh, ordered that after the war, you know. It was his idea and uh, the German politicians had to do that. And Cologne is much bigger and has more and more... Um, um, more um, more background to the Romans as well. It's a very, very big university city, much more um, students are living there and they couldn't believe that they were not chosen. So this general uh, liked Dusseldorf, even after the war when it was broken, it was still elegant with his wonderful King's Alley. And he said, this is like little, little uh, Paris. I want this little, this town. <laughs> So this is the fight between Dusseldorf and Cologne, and it is like Birmingham and Liverpool. And he said no. And then 
the idea came up to ask my uh, friend uh, Claudia Brücken, which I also know since 50, 50 years many, minimum, when she still lived in Dusseldorf and with her first band Propaganda and uh, her first uh, steps in music anyway. And um, she said she lived in London then and still lives. And I knew that. And she said immediately, yes, I love that song. I will do it. Ah, she's so talented. I mean, Claudia, and, and a very sweet person as well, more to the point. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and then, uh, of course, Peter Hook played on that. It was another friend of ours. Another... Yeah, that was Peter Dugal's idea. We said, he is friendly with him. So yeah, I yeah. Ask him because I said, we must have a better bass line. So we are both not the, bass, the best bass players, even not on our uh, computers or on keyboards, but we must have something special, you know. And he delivered the specialist. He delivered it, absolutely. Oh, yeah, he's a, he's a very melodic guy, even though he plays bass. Yes. And in our in, in one of our new albums, the next album which comes out, you have him again in a track, even better, really? even more, yeah. Cool. Mm -hmm. uh, and Midge, of course, on Das Beat. Uh, Midge is, uh, you know, a great man. I would I would say that um, we're very old friends. And uh, tell us that. about yeah. how that track came about. Yeah, that came. Um... Also, by a very immediate um, friendship in Dusseldorf, he played two concerts here in the Savoy Theatre and in an industrial hall, uh, Tor 3, so Gate 3. And uh, in both, in both, uh, after both concerts, we met in his, in his uh, artist room and we were friendly from the first minute on as we were brothers. Mm -hmm. It's the same as with Peter. Grounded, grounded, and uh, shaking hands, embracing as each as as have we known each other since ten years. So we had the same chemistry, and he's a wonderful um, down to ground, uh, down to earth person, you know. And um, it, it was wonderful, and I think it was at least him. We spoke so much about music, and he showed me an old picture when he was eighteen or nineteen on an airport in England. Uh, he wore a T-shirt on, very proud T-shirt. Craftwork T-shirt. Craftwork on, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And we were all wearing Craftwork T-shirts. Yeah, those... me too, of course. And we were all fans of this music and um, I can always say me too. I stayed for 14 years there. Anyway, um, yeah, if, I think it, the idea came up to do something together. And um, I said, okay, do you have an idea? I said, give me some some days. And after some days, he came up uh, with a nearly, let us say, not really a complete song, but very um, much developed song. And this, it was already called Das Beat. And his singing was already in. His lyrics were in. And I said, Das Beat. Mm -hmm. Does he know the German? They have uh, um, articles. It's wrong. I say, yeah. Air beat. It's masculine, you know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I spoke with some friends of mine. We laughed about that. And uh, the guy who designed, uh, um, Markus Lurix, who designed that wonderful um, print um, magazine, which you had in hands, and also the cover design of the of the album, I, I know him since 23 years or so. He's always my style police, I call him so. <laughs> what do you think? He said, keep that. 
don't change it. Das beat is wonderful, you know. And um, even if it's wrong, it is the English cannot know it, but that makes so charming, you know. Is it is it a play on words like uh, das das boot? You know the the famous. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. That's probably it, isn't it? Correct. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, it, it developed pretty fast. This was a fast song, right, Peter? Uh, yeah, that that was one of the ones that kind of happened quite quickly. It's always nice when when that happens. You know, you don't have to to fight. It was an, and again, you know, working with um, with Midge on that, he's you know, it's just so apparent how how lovely a guy is. Just just when you're conversing through email and just his yeah. general demeanor. So yeah, it was a very quick one, wasn't it? That wolf. It was a. Uh, when we had finished the song, I recorded it on a, on a little um, USB stick in the form of a golden barn, you know. You see, uh, one of the last stories in, 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 in the magazine tells gold to Ostend. When I delivered him that, right. you, must read, you must read that something special happened then. I, I will not tell it now. You must read it your own. Will it's do. Special, yeah. Will do. Very eventful evening indeed. Oh, really? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Amazing. Um, we must touch on um, the beautiful story that you tell in the magazine about uh, about meeting Florian again um, mm. before he died. And um, I found that incredibly touching because, you know, we've all had issues with bands where you've you know, for whatever reason, you go your own ways and then you meet again. And I thought the way that you told that story was so beautiful. Um, and of course, uh, you know, unfortunately, Florian's left us now. But um, just tell us about your relationship. Yeah, it was actually really touching me after nearly 30 years uh, we haven't met. It was suddenly in that uh, brewery restaurant on East Street, Deutsch, uh, Deutsche Straße. Oststraße, the shoemaker, shoemacher brewery, where we had eaten together often with Kraftwerk because it was very near to the Klingklang studio and we had uh, some beer and some uh, food there, eat, German eat, and um, the food was very good. That's uh, why we uh, I, I often go there with my friends, my today friends, and we had a celebration. One of our friends had birthday, I think. And my wife uh, gave me a little uh, kick under the table to my sh at, at my shoe and said, uh, "If you if you lean back, but not not too not too much, maybe I could think this is your old friend Florian sitting in the back with his lady." And so, and um, I turned a little bit my head and tried <laughs> to watch the scenery on the ceiling and the paintings everywhere until he came into my circle, you know. In the right angle, and I thought it's really him. And he sat there with his girlfriend, a black lady, and with his sister, uh, with his daughter. And um, I thought, hmm, what can I do after after so long? And uh, if you have read my book, you know that we had some issues with uh, some problems with, with this uh, thing that they didn't want um, that I write a book about them about my experiences so um that was so so long ago and it did not hurt me anymore and i thought we must have that all of the world you know this is a good chance my goodness we are old men now and we yeah. should 
say. And then he suddenly stood behind me and put his uh, hand on my shoulder. And I looked up and said, very astonishing, Whoa, oh, Florian. <laughs> <laughs> Where have you been? <laughs> of course. And I said, I was in, the, I was in your back all, all the time. And so, <laughs> yeah, we wanted to invite him with his ladies to our table, but they were, had another invitation, they said. They just said uh, hello to everyone. And then I got up, of course, and um, I embraced him. The very first time in our lives we embraced each other. Wow. And got very, very near to us. Uh, um, yeah, uh, head to head, chin to chin, as you say in England. And as I whispered in his ears, thank you for this very nice 15 years we spoke. We were together on this wonderful time we, we spent together. And he said, Wolfgang, that's correct. These were the best years. Wow. Said, you know. And that, solved everything between us it was really touching yeah and then I left and then i left and i had to have some schnapps then and how long was it before he passed away after that i think four years four years four years i did not know then that he was already so ill his his uh, sister told me that already he was ill since long when i held him in my in my arms, when we embraced, I felt that already he was very thin, bony. He was, right. from, was very thin, and I had a little shriek. And he said, in comparison to me, you are more fat, you know, Wolfgang. <laughs> yeah, you're getting more and more. And I said, yeah, you are the reason. You know, you told you <laughs> taught me how, how to cook the Mediterranean kitchen. You know that we cooked very often together in his house, in his parents' house. They were rich and they had uh, everything from the Mediterranean kitchen in, in their fridge, in their, in their cellar. And we, we drank their, their champagne always on our parties. <laughs> and, uh, oh. Yeah, we had nice parties then in the, in the 80s, 70s, you know. And um, um, yeah, that's um, so many things come together when you are very tight uh, with four members of a band. You learn from everyone anything, you know. And cooking was also... Florian's uh, delight. We had very much in common, we both. This is such a beautiful, heartfelt kind of tribute to him. I love it. Um, so what's coming next? Tell us what you're working on. Yeah, um, we have just finished uh, the next album. Cool. It's, it's no more called Magazine 2, which was our first idea. It's now called Times. Times. Times has 10 tracks, and uh, two tracks of them is one, uh, my, one of my favorite uh, um, themes is space. I'm a space fan, and I said to Peter once, we must make one track more. We had already nine, and said we must make a, a theme on space, and then we started to make a theme on space. So Starship Universe was the last track we worked on, and it was the first time that we didn't come together with the arrangement. So we were both uh, parallel uh, working on ideas. Both ideas were good, but went in different directions from the arrangement. But we used uh, nearly most of the same samples, sounds, and um, music, and also my vocal recordings. And But anyway, um, then we had a wise idea, I think, and said, okay, and we two make two versions on the album. 
like Kraftwerk once did with Comet Melody 1 and Comet Melody 2. So yeah. we have Starship Universe 1 and 2. But this departed more and more that we have now. A Starship Universe 1, or the only Starship Universe, is Peter's version. And my version is now called uh, Monday to the Moon on the Monday. Oh. Nice. It's a, it's, a, it's a headline from a German built zeitung <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm reading papers every morning at 11. And uh, it was a big headline written on Monday to the Moon. It nice. was any any article on, on the new ideas going to Moon and going to Mars after that and the preparation but i thought why should it be on a monday so un unusual but i like this headline very much and then i invited victoria again and she's yeah you have to sing monday to the moon in her <laughs> way oh and it developed more and more and it's brilliant now it's brilliant so we have two very different versions I like Peter's as mine, you know, so people can decide themselves in, on the album, at least. It's not yet out. We hope to have it out in spring because um, I left my my current um, label and I'm in search for a new label, a bigger one that can promote me better in, in the world, you know. So the, um, the, the overseas territories like America... Europe and um, Japan were not good uh, represented by my by my small label, which I'm having now. And um, the album is too big for them that we can go on with this little label, which I am uh, at the moment now. They were a very good start for me, and they did a good job for both my albums, the Eloquence albums and the Magazine One. But uh, the Times my album must be out on a bigger label. So that is why my label manager, he is a, a freelancer, so he can work for me, for also for other labels, is at the moment presenting on bigger labels. And my hope is going on, on Virgin Records or on um, some other uh, specialized ones, you know, because music would be good. Or Have you new... talked to Mute Records? Um, Yes, of course. We had already um, a, a meeting um, arranged with Daniel Miller, who is a big Kraftwerk fan. But it came um, the situation that it was uh, that already done, or this arrangement was in the COVID time, and we were suddenly no more allowed to travel to Berlin, where he wow. has an apartment. We were uh, um, arranged uh, with another friend of mine who knows him and his secretary. We wanted to have dinner and to talk about music and going out in clubs. And so it was a wonderful planned evening. And suddenly we were thrown back. So already the flights and the whole, we could not book a hotel anymore. Everything was forbidden. You remember this hard time. Yeah, you know? yeah. Years, uh, which were at least good for Peter and me to work uh, hard on the album because he had nothing else to do. He could not travel. And so, but yeah. um, that did not work. And anyway, I got a little tip from anyone else. Um, better not to do that with mute, with mute because I think he's too much a Kraftwerk fan and too near to Ralph. And uh, oh uh, right, okay. Uh, you can you understand with with okay. with, uh, um, with with my history from my first uh, record with EMI, a Cologne and my Tampa album. What happened afterwards? <laughs> I would not do something in a bigger company who is uh, who has the might of a Kraftwerk member it was not 
it should not be a good idea parallel in the same company. And Mute is a uh, is a label from um, the Kraftwerk company where they are in. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, it, it's a political thing. Um, anyway, it's it's not a problem. We have uh, pretty others, you know, and I think we will get the right thing done until autumn. And um, Barnaby Ashton Bullock, my label manager, is a very good man. He does a very good presentation. He has the tracks in a fine quality, and he made a very good presentation PDF, and it's on the way to the right people at the moment uh, right. to listen to and to decide if they can overtake it. Fantastic. Oh, sorry. A quick um, interlude. I'd just like to say... Um, if you ever want a free remix, I'm more than happy to do something for you. Uh, I've already done some stuff for I mean, like Cloud. Maybe, maybe we'll make a collaboration with you anyway for a for a whole track, a new track. Well, that'd be amazing. Oh, I'd oh, love to work about with you. That. You are, you are, I mean, we are all good musicians, I think. We are yeah, artists yeah. with the head full of ideas, you know. Oh, yeah. Ideas aren't the problem. Like your music the as well, to make it so, work. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Of but course. I will do this uh, uh, as just like a tribute. We make some, 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 my career. Martin, we make something different. When you play with a uh, uh, Heaven 17, we make our show afterwards. We make a, a complete uh, show on, on an evening, on a special evening in England. Yeah. yeah. That would be interesting, wouldn't it? Music sold out afterwards for after party or anything. Yeah. We'll talk, about, we'll talk about this offline. Yeah. I think it's a great idea, though. I love right. it. Just said. <laughs> okay, so we're getting close to the end. It's kind of flown, as always, these things do when you're getting on. Um, so I normally, I well, not normally, I always end with some stupid kind of uh, pop magazine type questions, which seem stupid at first, but they're not, they're quite revealing normally. So um, I'll ask you alternately these things. So, well, uh, I'm so first of all peter what's your favorite film favorite film it's one of them um it's not a test don't worry no right and wrong answers don't worry maybe westworld do you know that's a great film westworld oh yeah 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 you like that one too yes of course and uh what's your favorite film please wolfie yeah, I have a very a current one. It's the Oppenheimer movie. Oh, it's, it's great, isn't it? <gasps> you know, that it fits to my uh, pacifism, you know. Yeah. And the soundtrack's amazing. Yeah, absolute. It's a long video. <laughs> I must I must uh, confess, I slept a little bit in the between. <laughs> <laughs> it was really long, very long. We have a, a wonderful cinema in, in Cologne, not in Dusseldorf, where you can lie. Long yeah, I was I was sat on the front row in a reclining seat, and I did drop off for about ten minutes in the middle. I must say, but yeah, it was very long, but very good one. Yeah. Okay, uh, Wolfgang, uh, your favorite TV show? TV shows. I'm not a TV looker, and shows, especially not shows. I mean, uh, we had we had we had the Studio B. A music show it's it's long ago it, it does not exist anymore we don't have a good music show in germany tv same in the uk anymore. really nothing no yeah. i don't i don't watch that in england um, you must ask, must ask peter peter 
Mm, favorite TV show? I'm not a massive TV watcher, actually, to be honest. But I do like classic, classic British yeah, comedies, yeah. kind of alternative ones. So I thought The Office was was amazing, uh, really funny. Um, I used to like the young ones when I was little. Obviously, all the anarchic stuff, yeah, funny stuff. But yeah, I don't really watch TV particularly. You you watch football? Come on, every week. I watch football. Oh yeah, I watch football. Yeah. Who do you support? <laughs> so that's also a show, you know. Hunting the ball, you know. Who do you support, Peter? Oh, this could be ugly, couldn't it? I'm a Man United fan. That's all right. It's all right. Do you live on the south coast? <laughs> <laughs> no, I've been I've been a Man United fan since uh, I was seven. When uh, we lost in the final to Arsenal in that crazy FA Cup final game. Even though we lost, I was completely captured at that moment and by the drama of football. Oh, no, yeah. it's fantastic. And it is, uh, I'm a Sheffield Wednesday fan, so I know all the oh, pain yeah. and the glory. Well, actually, the pain, mainly. Yeah, but um, not at the moment. Not at, not the, at moment. the moment. We're doing all right. Um, so, Wolfgang, your favourite book? Oh, there are many, many. Um, um, I've just finished, I think, last week a book about the German expressionist George Grosch. A book uh, is called uh, A Big No, A Small Yes, about his life during the Nazi time when he had to escape, he was Jewish, from the Nazis to Paris and living there in, 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 in a big, big group of uh, famous um, painters which were uh, living there in Paris, meeting every evening. And then he, um, when when he left Paris and were also uh, escaping again from the Nazis and then to New York, to America and how he lived there. And his whole uh, point of uh, of life and uh, how, and his paintings anyway, it all uh, points on a sausage and a good schnapps and a good friend. So, <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a basis thing. I understand what he meant. If you have nothing, your city is broken. You freeze. You have no fire in winter. You have a a, a coal, a, a piece of coal for the oven that you have at least a little bit warm. And then there is nothing to eat in the city. One organizes a bottle of schnapps, and the other has a big sausage, and you have a knife, and you have a good friend for good talks. You can have a wonderful night. Nothing else is important then. I love that. So this this is a basis thing, but the book tells, of course, more. But <laughs> it's one of the best books I've ever read about life. Brilliant, Peter. Oh, there's there's too many, aren't there? I, I mean, know, I know there are just one, just one. Fiction. I haven't read a a, a good fictional novel for quite a while because I've been reading. Lots of more kind of like books about bands and artists, really. Annual. <laughs> Come on, you you you're at the magazine uh, Mac. Paper yes, Mac. of course. Oh, yeah, yeah, you can say that. That's number one. Entertaining. <laughs> but yeah, I couldn't pick just one. I'm afraid I'd have to. I'd have to think about that. That's, That's really boring answer. I'm really sorry. No, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> um, moving on. Um, Wolfgang, what's your favorite drum machine? Ah. Drum machine. Yeah. I don't use anymore. No. No, others do. Um, I also drum, don't drum anymore. I swore to me when I left Kraftwerk, I will never drum anymore in my life. 
So no. I also did not follow any new uh, developments of drum machines. I hated drum machines because it always reminded me too much on my work with Kraftwerk, which concentrated me only on drumming. And I did not know then what other talents are uh, sleeping in my... Ah. You know? So since I developed more and more, since 1997, that was a break in my life with a, uh, with a work um, on... Um, on Time Pie album, and I got my first own record contract where I was written on lyrics Wolfgang Fleur, music Wolfgang Fleur, and all my collaborators, Andy Toma of Mouse on Mars, who helped me developing this album. He was my Peter Dugal then in 97. Um, I had a completely different Wolfgang then, and I didn't want to drum anymore. And it was no more interesting for me what drum machine they use. So because uh, Andy from Andy Thomas from Mars and Mars, he's an absolutely technician. He has every drum machine I think you can believe. The whole uh, wall is full of them. And which one he used on any track, it did not uh, bother and did not interest me anymore. Just right. it had to be tasteful. I chose only. He said, should we take this or take this? I, I, I would recommend this sound and this sound. I said, okay, let's hear, let's listen. And then um, I agreed to him or not. And that's the only thing I couldn't tell you which it was, you know. That's so, true. and I know all these, these, um, these talks about machinery. I sometimes uh, watch uh, the, the Facebook and I see people uh, show themselves in a big room full under the uh, until under the ceiling full of uh, keyboards on both yeah. sides, 20 keyboards, and, and they sit in their chair and say, Ha ha, look what I have. <laughs> I'm a rich man, I can buy everything, and everything is glimmering and shimmering. All these lamps are on, and it looks like it comes. Uh, he's a hit machine, and then sometimes I wrote to him, And what famous songs did you create with them? <laughs> I've never got an answer. Yeah, so yeah, it's, yeah. It's no more interesting for me. So um, I'm an, I'm a storyteller. Meanwhile, yeah. I act in my tracks with my with my voice. This is the new instrument which I had not done before. I have never sang sung or spoken in a Kraftwerk track. I was not invited to, because they didn't know and they didn't believe, and me too, me either. So um, I needed that big. 10 or 12 years uh, distance from uh, from my quit from Kraftwerk on myself um, uh, chosen quit. I, I was not quit by them. I said, I have no future anymore, Wolfgang. You must do something else, even if I did not know what it was. I had to find it. And I had to find the new Wolfgang in me, my talents. I was on search on my talents and didn't know it. So they came one after the other. And the more I um, detected in, in making music, melodies creating, learning the machinery of the, 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 the DAB, um, um, the, the programs, the music writing programs, and uh, also um, video creating, video cutting programs, and all of this in the, in the years after. It was much, much time, much, much time took it of me, but it was more and more interesting to me. So I learned so much about me, which I did not know before. And um, technique get, went more into the background to me. I needed always a partner on my side with what was his delight. 
so I'm so happy because Peter has both. Peter is a very, very um, um, a technical man because he started all of this with 15, 16, 17, as he told us, and I know it. And he's also a very creative one. He's not only the engineer on my side, he's also creating. And that's the good thing. We have a good partnership. So the best I've ever had with anyone, and I would not change it in the rest of my life, which I maybe have. Oh, look at that. Okay, yeah. what's your favorite drum machine? Um, I'd have to say the 808 if it came down to it, just because of the just the variety of sounds you can get from it. But for me, with machines, it's not so much about the sound of them. And, you know, countless people have recreated the 808, and, but they all miss the point for me. You know, the thing with the 808 is how it feels and the sequencer and the, the little timing variations. It's just got a soul almost, you know, and um, I think once people crack that and being able to clone the feel of machines like that, then I think they're onto something. So, but yeah, it'd have to be the 808 if I had to choose just one. Okay. Um, Wolfgang, who's your favourite classical composer? Um, classical composer, I would say Tchaikovsky, um, Debussy, and um, all the romantic guys, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you told, I told you, we have, yeah. we have very good concerts here, a good concert hall, and I go with my wife sometimes there. When we have um, Smetana is also very good. I like this this music and yeah, some of them. That's good. Hmm? Again, where do you start? I mean, have I you listen to just the variety and the breadth and the the sheer beauty. I mean, Beethoven, Mozart, Bach. I mean, it's just you you just can't can't choose because I, from one minute to the next, you know, it can change depending on what mood you're in, but. I mean, there's there's just so much astonishing work there that um, I don't know. I mean, I couldn't even begin to yeah to pinpoint something. I must Sorry. say, uh, I got tipped off today that there's a new film coming out called Maestro, yeah. uh, which is um, Bradley Cooper. He's directing it and producing it, and he's playing Leonard Bernstein. Mm-hmm. And uh, that led me down a rabbit hole earlier today where I was listening re-listening to you know marla's ninth and oh my god it absolutely breaks me apart listening to that it's so beautiful mm-hmm. it's one of the great well, anyway that's that's my what answer. is it called marla you know uh, gustav marla okay gustav marla is one <laughs> i've forgotten him of course yeah yeah yeah, yeah of course and um and the idea that it kind of embodies the joy and uh and the pain of life, but also the resignation at the end and the mm. amazing coda and oh, yeah. all of it. Anyway, um, favorite uh, philosopher, Wolfgang. I don't know. Myself, I'm, I have my own philosophies. I like that answer. Well, yeah. Peter. Oh, that's, a, that's a tough one as well. These are, these are quite... Uh... It's not mm. quite smash hits, I admit. No. It's not, but again, I mean, I, it's so tricky to answer these questions because I'm not, I'm not the sort of person who just kind of uh, is just firmly aligned to one. No, 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 no. Field, it's not a test, so. though, is it? It's just like whatever yeah. pops into your head. Really, so really. yeah, I mean, generally, with with when when I'm asked questions like this, I always think, well, it's like 
um artists you know when people say who's your favorite artist and it's like well you can't really answer it because i don't know i i like bits so many that, yeah that's too many. so many different strands you take from from different artists different philosophers different books you know it's kind of it's too difficult to answer i think i'm like well i'd have to say what wolfgang just said I ultimately you, yeah. you create your own don't yeah. you and it's important on. i think it's important for the podcast listeners to understand from creative people that all these different things have an influence on the on what appears to be just writing some music you know yeah, yeah. that's why i asked the question so um okay now we're on to the stu really stupid question what's your favorite synth wolfie Who, whom are you asking you oh of course i have not much i have a um a um no, what's it called? You, I must look at it. How? What's it called? <laughs> I'm a, I have a novation synthesizer, and it oh, was right, right, free right. from the company to me many years ago when I did not know how to work with it. But I learned and learned and learned, and it's brilliant. It it says all to me. I don't need much, but I could make twenty thousand songs with it. So much possibilities do they have today into the daytime. Uh, against a minimoc, uh, it's of course I don't have a minimoc, but I could have one, but I don't need one. That's the good thing. Peter has one, I think. Good. Not a minimoc, no. But I mean, um, yeah. I mean, my my would be a weird one actually. I mean, I love my old analog stuff like my Juno Six and my Korg MS Twenties and and all the rest of it. But if I had to choose one, uh, <laughs> it's it would probably be the Roland D10. Bizarrely. Right. But purely because it was the first synth I had, and right. because I was so limited by its constraints, um, I had to really wring it out like a sponge to get anything usable from it. And just that whole process is really magical. I think that that whole idea of having a really limited palette just makes you, you. Yeah. more and more creative. So, um, again, it's like songs. You know, you know, songs are moments in time and memories and. And the D10, I just what I got out of it, um, I, it was always just beautiful. And my favorite ever preset of synth is off the D10. It's soundtrack, which is probably B87 or something. Anyway, <laughs> that <laughs> proper geek stuff. <laughs> which is, <laughs> but yeah, it's a very very basic limited synthesizer, but very very beautiful. And I have a very uh, have a lot of affection for it. But Martin, tell us what is your favorite synthesizer? Oh uh, well, it's here. Um, the System 100, Roland System 100, uh -huh. which That's is what, what we wrote. Um, mm -hmm. That and the Korg 700S, which is there, um, is what we wrote uh, being boiled on back in 78, which was heavily influenced by Kraftwerk. Uh, and Parliament Funkadelic, strangely enough. Mm -hmm. um, okay, we're getting close to the end. Favorite food, Wolfgang. Favorite type of food. Food, Italian, Mediterranean, Mediterranean and German. Fair enough, Peter. England, uh, England has nothing to offer. <laughs> <laughs> Only burgers. <laughs> um, mine's definitely Indian food. I cook a lot. Um. And I make a lot of curries. It's my speciality. I know. Uh, yeah, oh, I'm very. They are wonderful. You're making me hungry. 
Yeah, I'll make one for you one day. Not yeah, Jethro. We have to we have to have a a, a do. Maybe in Birmingham, actually. Maybe I should come up to Birmingham. Yeah, maybe when uh, Sheffield Wednesday are playing Man United. Oh, I, God. Can, I can make you a curry and we can go to the game. How about that? I, but a Man United game? No. <laughs> or, a, or a Birmingham, a Villa game? Or, yeah. or a West Bromwich Albion. Yeah. A West Bromwich Albion game, yeah. I grew up near the West Brom ground, yeah. You'll Did make you? me hurry. You'll make me hurry. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, this has been an absolute joy. I have to tell you before I go that um, we're approaching for the podcast a million streams. And I wanted to do a special podcast for the millionth to commemorate the millionth stream. So I'm going to put this out as uh, as the special episode for the one millionth stream to celebrate it, uh, which is going to be in about six weeks, probably something like that. Brilliant. So, Okay. Uh, I'm very honoured that you've both taken the time to do this with me, um, and I'm just totally thrilled. Yeah, it's fantastic. Thank you. Thank you for the invitation, Martin. Yeah, thanks very much, Martin. It's been great. And congratulations. I mean, I've, yeah. I listened to your I listened to your podcast quite a lot over. I think it was during lockdown you started it, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, I did it as a lockdown project, and um, it's kind of got a life of its own. It's grown up and left home now. Yeah. I can't control. It's out of control. <laughs> <laughs> oh, tell me, tell me, tell me who Rusty's favourite philosopher was. I didn't get to the end of Rusty's. Podcast. Oh no, this is a new question. I don't <laughs> think I could get a word in edgeways anyway with Rusty. <laughs> uh, Rusty's actually going to be supporting us on our, on the Hem Seventeen National Tour in um, in November. And oh, great. Uh, I love I love Rusty. I mean, I'd take the piss out of him, but he's he's yeah. just a great lad. A lovely man. Yeah, yeah. So you're playing near here, aren't you? Are you playing up north near Manchester and Leeds? Yeah, yeah, Manchester, Leeds, Sheffield. I mean, just, oh. if you if if any of you want to come along to any of the shows, you'll be our honoured VIP guests, of course. And thank uh, you. We'd love to come along. Yeah, yeah, totally. Well, um, just have a look on the hem17.com website. It's got all the yeah. dates on there, and then anything because we do lots of other shows as well. As well, we're doing three shows this weekend, in fact. Um, and uh, definitely like us to do some work together of some description, even if it's only a remix or maybe work on a song together remotely or mm. whatever. That would be fantastic, yeah. Yeah, Welcome. yeah. I say Brilliant. absolutely yes. We must do that. Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Yeah, let's have an idea about that. Maybe you have one idea. Martin. I'll send you some really shitty kind of initial sketches, and yeah, then that's all good. We can all say shit, and then we can. Yeah, let's can send me something much better let's, back. Let's make a shit song. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> let's make a shit sandwich. Yeah. yeah. Okay. okay, guys. Thank you so thank much. You. Thank you very much. See you later. Bye. Good evening. Good evening. first drums and all that stuff and uh, the artistic intention behind it all and you know it makes perfect sense that he said he would have been an architect you know you can you can kind of hear all that stuff in the way that the songs are constructed i think his his uh, last album magazine one is really excellent 
uh, been listening to it a lot and his new album sounds fascinating and um, hopefully we'll get to work together as we mentioned and that would be something else right up there on my uh, bucket list I suppose what a couple of super nice guys I'm very happy to have had a chance to talk to them how is everyone keeping uh, feel free to email me electronically martin with a y at gmail.com or if you want to contribute to keeping this free, advert-free and totally independent, this podcast, uh, please go to patreon.com stroke electronically hours for the price of a cup of coffee or a pint of beer per month. You can really make a difference to whether we can afford to keep this going on. And thanks particularly to all the Patreons who contribute every month Um there's some special content coming out for you very soon. That's it for this week. That was something special. Bye. Uh, Mark Sotelo. I'm your money, key to the world and your hits were some of my jams in junior high. Still dig all the Hem 17 albums. Please have Lawrence from Felt, Go-Kart Mozart. <laughs> great day for a band. On a podcast, Ian Brown too. Thanks for the great interviews, namely Bill Nelson, Tim Burgess, uh, Cozy Fanny Tootie, uh, Peter Coyle. Peace out up in this mother. Nice. Thanks, Mark. Mark from Southern California. I think maybe... Me pronounce it in an English accent made that funnier. Peace out up in this mother. Uh, yeah, oh, that that kind of thing. <laughs> that yeah. wasn't very good. No, yeah, yeah. California, uh, yeah. Doctor, this is from Herbert Shimansky. Doctor Fink. Oh, this is his favourite episode, right? Right. When he mentioned that he told Prince that the list of potential live songs must not exceed the capacity of storage spaces on his scent. <laughs> yeah, that funny. is funny, isn't it? Um, I think these are all... Uh, and this is from Neil Babbage, another patron, who, who uh, when asked what his favourite episode was, said, Brian Cox explaining black hole information density and the link to quantum computing error correction and the holographic universe. Yep, right over my head. I think I'm quite clever and scientific, but all that stuff is a bit... Thank you.
Thank <laughs> you.